Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Yucca. And I'm the other one, Mark. And today we are talking about invented holidays, and we're talking about adapting the wheel of the year to really fit your needs and your climate and what's going on in in your practice. Right, because one of the things that we do in atheopaganism or generally in naturalistic paganism is we we focus on what's happening in our immediate surroundings naturally rather than try to follow a calendar that's based on the climate of the UK, for example, Mm -hmm. which is the more traditional Wiccan approach. What we do is say, okay, well, what is happening in nature around us at the beginning of February? You know, what, uh, what creatures are around, what's happening in the soil, what's happening in the sky, what what part of the life cycle is happening at this particular moment and how can we best celebrate that? And that can be everything from the rituals that we do to what we actually name the holiday. Right. And I would imagine for folks who live in a more urban environment, they might bring in other things as well as, as, the their year is changing in different ways that isn't just about the soil or the animals but what's happening within the city itself so it's sure whatever your particular life is and what's really meaningful within your life right right for example i could see if you live in a city the beginning of august holiday being something that was real would really focus around culture it's Mm -hmm. hot out Mm-hmm. You may not want to be actually outside doing stuff because it's hot. <laughs> yeah. You may want to be in museums or art galleries or music halls or, you know, or going to the ballet or the opera or the symphony or mm-hmm. a punk club or whatever. Or evening um, time activities. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All of that. That actually fits pretty well in with my concept of that holiday, which is sort of a celebration of both work and the achievements of humanity so technology science those kinds of things but we'll 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 get to talking about that the point is that if you're in a city you know it it some of the holidays may be more about the achievements of humanity rather than what's happening in nature mm-hmm. in your immediate area or another way to approach that would be recognizing that the activities of humans is an aspect of nature as well. Okay, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Because we are natural creatures, right? We're, we're quadruped animals, just like other quadruped animals on the planet. We just happen to have these large forebrains and thumbs, mm-hmm. and they lead us to do a lot of very creative things. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of our special things about our species. So and so, the, and those things that we do, that too is is nature, right? Absolutely. So. There ain't nothing that ain't nature. <laughs> yep. At least well, that's what we believe. That's yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's pretty foundational for us. So now, in addition to the wheel of the year, though, there 
sometimes are places in our seasons and our lives where it seems like like a holiday or a celebration or recognition just seems very appropriate. And so that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today is, Mark, you have one coming up, which you've mentioned before yeah. that is just such a delightful idea. <laughs> yes. Next Saturday, the third Saturday in January, is when I celebrate SLOG, S-L-O-G-G, all capitals. <laughs> it's not an acronym. It doesn't stand for anything. It's just, I guess it's all capitals because it's this sort of repudiation of, of what's happening in the in the weather around us. By the By the end of January... It is, it's been cold and still quite dark and wet in mm -hmm. most places for a while. Mm -hmm. And all of the festivities of the December holidays are well behind us and we're back at work or back at school. And it can just get to be kind of a drag. And so I invented this holiday slog because we're slogging through the dark and wet and so forth. <laughs> Um, as a way of having a festive celebration at that time of the year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it, it just sort of struck me as a, as a sort of whimsical idea to start with, but I've been celebrating it now for five years and it's become a part of my <laughs> seasonal routine. Mm -hmm. And slog is the, it's the winter, the deep winter Demi Sabbath. So it's not quite all the way to the Sabbath at the beginning of February, but it's still deep winter and it's time to kind of come inside and do cozy things. Mm -hmm. So it's a time when we wear festive or silly hats <laughs> and we drink warm, cozy beverages like mulled wine or hot cider or even hot cocoa, any of those things, alcoholic or not. Mm -hmm. Wear your, your warmest, thickest pair of socks mm -hmm. and stay inside and play board games and just celebrate with other people. Mm -hmm. have, have a little community and a little festivity in a very relaxed, you know, wear your pajamas. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's the kind of thing where you shouldn't have to make any real effort in order to accomplish this. All you have to do is get together, pull on a good pair of socks, stick on a funny hat, and, you know, heat yourself up some mulled wine at, at the stove, and you're there. You're you're done. What are those blankets that you can wear called? They're like... Onesies? Well, it's like a onesie, but it's like basically like a big sleeping bag, but you got arms, like a Snuggie or something. Anyways, whatever oh, they're that called, must be it. yeah. Those those sound perfect for slog, right? Just get that it, nice snuggy blanket on, and yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and particularly the idea here is to, especially for people that are suffering from seasonal affect disorder, because this time right around now can be the very worst for people that become depressed seasonally. And that social interaction and that warm, cozy feeling and sort of, you know, creating a warm nest away from the cold of the outdoors mm -hmm. becomes really important, I think. And so, you know, drawing our, our isolated friends out from their houses, people that you know are struggling with the season because, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Especially um, the... Just, 
the farther north you are. Yes. Um, for those of us in the northern hemisphere, right? That it yes. really, you know, we forget how, how far north some of our some of our cities are. But when you actually look at it in a globe, you go, wow, you're not getting much light, are you? Yeah, we're, we're pretty far up there. One of the things that I learned that really shocked me when I lived in Spain yeah. is that Madrid and New York City are on the same parallel. It's wild. Yeah. It is completely wild that those two cities are on the same parallel. What that means is that Western Europe is very far north, way far north, equivalent to Newfoundland and on up into the Northwest Territories, you know, far, far, far up into Canada. There's a there's a YouTuber that I love named Jana Yinton, mm-hmm. who she lives in northern Sweden in, in you know, in adjacent to a forest. And she's an artist and does stuff, but she's also a YouTuber that that does these wonderful seasonal uh, celebrations of what her life is like at different times of the year. And I remember there's one which was in the deep of the winter and they finally had a day that was clear. And it's just her sitting in the sun and she said, you know, the when the moment when the winter sun first hits your face, it's like it's like if you're really thirsty and you have that first sip of water. <laughs> That's how powerful it is for folks that live that far north because they're so deprived. And this is after taking vitamin D tablets and right. you know, you know, having full spectrum indoor lights and all that kind of stuff, and still. There's nothing like the actual sun to, yeah. to stimulate that, that feeling in the body. And so, you know, long way of saying it, but slog is about taking care of ourselves in that time mm-hmm. and doing it unapologetically, you know, and in a way that's a little silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's an opportunity for us to be playful and to kind of pull ourselves out of the muck of, uh, of the kind of climate conditions that can be happening at the third week in January. You can do the same thing in the Southern Hemisphere in the third week of July. It's, you know, exactly the same kind of principle. You can just plug it in at a different time of year. Right. Well, or something else within your own environment, right? That might, you know, for us, we don't have that that wetness right that what you're describing Mm -hmm. the slog it's for us this is our cold this certainly is our coldest month of the year it's very bitter but it doesn't have quite that same kind of slogging through at least for me i have this kind of there's this quiet stillness to this part Uh, of the year uh still right Uh and i but i suspect that a lot of that is simply because the climates are so different right? There's such, sure. you know, we're so dry here. And I know you do get dr- quite dry, very brittle in your summers, but your yes. winters are, are quite different, right? Yes. So At least there- when, when we have a normal winter, we're, we're actually having a very wet winter this year. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, a long series of these so-called atmospheric river storms mm-hmm. that are these giant conveyor belts of moisture from the tropics that whirl up into and up against the west coast of North America. We've had six of them so far, and we expect four more over the next 10 days. So just 
wave after wave after wave of pelting rain and then snow at the higher elevations. And this is more of what I remember from when I first moved here, God, 40 years ago, longer, mm -hmm. was that the winters, January and February were consistently very, very wet. Mm -hmm. And we would have flooding every few years. And it was just a really wet time. Yeah. And then we started having droughts. And mm -hmm. it's been kind of on and off with drought ever since. Well, when you describe your winters and you describe slog, the image that pops into my mind and the sound is is having those those big rubber boots on. Some people call them wellies. Yes. And squishing through the mud you're just squish 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 through the mud until you get to the warm house and you can kick your boots off and put your nice fuzzy socks on right right yeah and and even even sort of walking through ankle deep water in a yeah. pair of wellies right i mean yeah. the, the wellies will keep squish, the water out but you, know, you <laughs> but you gotta work twice as hard to get those feet up yeah that's right yeah and you and by the time you get home you're well ready to be in a place that's warm and isn't raining on you and uh and where you can enjoy a hot drink and put on a funny hat yeah <laughs> So we have uh, a holiday that, that my kiddos made up last year, and they're very excited about doing it this year as well. So it's it's probably is going to end up being a tradition for us. We'll see. But they made up Snake Day. Snake and Day. Snake Day, yes. And where we live, there are a lot of snakes, and we do have rattlesnakes. So it's mm -hmm. And since they're so little, it is a big deal to really be very vigilant about that because you really don't want... You don't want to be, in any situation, you don't want to be bit by a rattlesnake. My mother was actually, she had this scar from it and it, mm. you know, apparently had, was not a very pleasant experience, but with a child that can actually be very dangerous or with yes. an animal. So, but we also love the snakes and there's, and we have bull snakes and, and non-venomous snakes as well. We really only have the one kind of just rattlesnakes that you have to watch out for, but it's something that is, that is exciting because when the snakes are back, it's it's summer right it's kind of mm -hmm. we talk about there there's not really four seasons here there's eight seasons or two seasons as i see it uh -huh. there's, there's <laughs> the warm and then there's the cold but when the, the snakes come back it's the warm but the the that day moves because the day that the snakes come back is is different each year um mm -hmm. and i can tell you after decades there's the different species will come out at different times, right? You'll see the little fence lizards and things out weeks before the snakes are back. But when the snakes are back, you see one, there's 10, right? There's 20. They're all, I think uh, they actually den together and they, they come out at the same time, even though they're solitary animals, usually, right. but when they, when they hibernate, they're not. So their idea was we draw pictures and make little clay snakes and make all of these things in preparation in the coming weeks and we're looking for them and looking for them. And then the first day that we spot the snakes is when we bring out all the snake celebration, the pictures that they've been drawing over the weeks and put them up. And they've actually been bugging me about when do we get to start prepping for snake day? And I'm like, it's, it's January. <laughs> hold, hold on for a while. We're not there. But that's really meaningful for, for our climate, but also for our particular family, because somebody who lives in one of the cities doesn't have to deal with that. 
right? right? Because they they don't have they've gotten rid of the snakes in the city, so they don't. You go out outside of it, and yeah, you'll find them, but not in downtown, you know, yeah. Albuquerque or yeah. or Pueblo or any of those types of places. You're just not going to find them. Well, but but this this brings up an interesting thing because what you're talking about really is the seasonal indicator mm -hmm. that that's the beginning of the warm right yeah that, that's the that true the, warm yeah yeah when when this when the snakes are confident enough that it's going to stay warm so they won't get marooned out in the and have it suddenly freeze and kill them yeah that's that's a turning point in the year for you and there are other turning points in the year in various kinds of climates that would make total sense as holidays. Like I know that in Canada, um, first snow is often celebrated as, as a thing, right? Mm -hmm. The very first snow. Well, here it is. Winter is here, you know, mm -hmm. officially. It's, you know, because we don't get snow unless, unless it's winter. So this is the time. In the tropics, I could see holidays like the first day of monsoon rain mm -hmm. or the first day of the, the heat that follows in the dry season after the monsoon rains are gone. Or the return of a particular bird. Right. Right. When that when all of right. those birds are coming back in some areas that have the cherry blossoms. Right, in some mm -hmm. of your more temperate areas of the the spring, it's like, oh, yep, it's it's spring, you know, when the, the they start right. to bloom. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal in Japan. Yeah, and and in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> they have the Japanese cherry trees. Um, yeah, so that is a way mm -hmm. that we can augment the eight holidays of the wheel of the year with meaningful and and frankly practical celebrations that that add to our celebration of living around the course of the year right um, both of the examples that we gave each from our own environments they really have that practical yours is about or at least part in about the keeping the connection with the friends and 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 looking out for your loved ones and neighbors and that and getting through that time period for us there's a, a safety element of okay now we know we have to be more aware like kids can't run off on their own like there's this it's there's the practical part but we add that extra like kind of special meaning to it on top as well uh-huh right yeah, so I mean, it doesn't all have to be practical. Some of it can just be celebration for the sake of it, because mm -hmm. you know we're all about that. We think that's great. But the the I think the upshot here, the point here, is that the cycle of your year doesn't all have to be about a a calendar. Mm -hmm. I mean, astronomy works on a calendar. We have a sun cycle. We have lunar cycles. You know, those are predictable and we can put them on a piece of paper and then we can say, okay, day after tomorrow is when I'm celebrating the, the full moon. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, and it's a great thing to do, but it's not the only kind of holiday. Some of them are a movable feast, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are, uh, are when it's just practical to, or, or when 
some indicator in nature in the world outside us says okay it's it's time to do this thing yeah and then of course there's other ones like birthdays and death days and anniversaries and and all of right. those yeah right yeah because and like yuri's night for example mm -hmm. which is the anniversary of the first human going into space and orbiting the earth in april the april 12th i think it is i acknowledge I it every year but i never remember <laughs> i'm I pretty sure remember. it's the 12th maybe the 11th pretty i'm pretty sure, sure it's, it's 12, 12. So. yeah 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 i think it's the 12th and there's pi day I right like 3.14 and then there's tau day which is 6.28 which is double pi day okay tau is is two pi yes so two pi r is your circumference of mm -hmm. of a circle right so so double pi day is june 28th Mm -hmm. And uh, you get two pies, so it's even. Oh, okay, nice. About pirate day. day. Oh, go on. Yeah, September nineteenth, International Talk Like a Pirate Day. We always celebrate it in our household. We have we have piratical gear that we can put on, and we can talk like we're from the Westlands in England, which actually has nothing to do with what pirates talked like, but did have to do with what the actor who played Long John Silver in the original Hollywood production of Treasure Island sounded like. Mm -hmm. And that's why everybody thinks pirates talk that way now. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. All right. Uh, Mine's birthday, which happens also to be Pi Day, 3.14. Mm -hmm. Celebrated by atheists a lot to celebrate science and critical thinking. And particularly a good one for atheopagans, I think, because Einstein, rather like Carl Sagan, was of a philosophical mind. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just a technician. He was also a thinker about, well, what does this all mean? Mm -hmm. You know, where, where, you know, where did the universe come from and how does it work? And what can we take away from that in terms of meaning for us as humans? And that is very much in line with our approach to the world. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about the, the formal wheel of the year the the two equinoxes two solstices and then the four midpoints between those four mm -hmm. stations that was invented in the 1950s by gerald gardner and others mm -hmm. many of these holidays have been celebrated traditionally for a very long time by various different cultures but they haven't all been pulled together into a single map of eight holidays around the course of the year until the 1950s. Right. Which is one reason why in atheopaganism we're comfortable drawing on it because it's not really cultural appropriation. It's something that was invented by a retired English civil servant in the 1950s. Mm. That's that's that doesn't qualify as cultural appropriation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it there's there's more nuance to that discussion though in terms of the choices that he made and how much of what he did was appropriating. I, I think that there's, I think there's more to be said about that and explored, but that today it is a, a very widespread approach and there's a strong, there's, there's a lot of logic to it, which is what I think makes it so appealing today because yes. those dates are built, are based on real concrete 
things, right? We're talking yeah, about the solstice, right? That, I mean, humans have been in, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, more than a couple, a few weeks ago with the solstice. We've been doing this for, we know, thousands and thousands of years at least. Right. Right. Yeah, these, the, the solstices and equinoxes are astronomical facts. They're not cultural artifacts. Yeah. They're, Although the they're dates that we celebrate facts. them on are... Huh. Yes. Uh, a little yes. shaky there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The you know, if if you celebrate your winter solstice holiday on December 25th, that's cultural mm -hmm. because it doesn't actually happen then. It happens right. on the 20th or 21st. And that moment is simply an astronomical fact. And facts are available to everyone. Yeah. Well, and also when it appears on a calendar, like the equinox, for instance, or the solstice, if it happens at two in the morning at UTC, when it gets, so calendars, unless it says otherwise, they're always going to give it basically in universal time. So right. you might actually be off technically by a day or two for what it is in your time zone when the, you know, but but when we're talking about those, how important is being exactly the day on to you? Or can you be off by 12 hours or off by 15? Like each person has to decide that for themselves. I've set right. an alarm because I think it's fun, <laughs> but oh well, we actually celebrate it kind of as, as close to the date that that is convenient to us, right? That's That's when I do my rituals mm -hmm. as close to the date as is practical. And that's usually a weekend or something like that. Mm -hmm. But on the actual, at the actual moment, I mean, I like to take a moment and go, oh, wow, okay, it's it's the equinox. The, we're yeah. right at the point, right at the point where we're crossing the ecliptic right now. Which we is set an alarm cool. and go, woo, and right, shake our hands in, this, in the air and then go back to what we're doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's great. Perfect. But another thing that you can do is you can build traditions around the actual time and then do other traditions in the convenient time. So mm -hmm. just like you're you're talking about, my imagined celebration that I would love to do at some point in one of these events that is that happens deep into the night. So like at two o'clock in the morning, you know, the the solstice rolls around. What I would like to do is to do midnight margaritas like in the movie Practical Magic. <laughs> um, okay. I just think that would be a perfect thing. I, I just think that that would be a really fun thing to share with adults, obviously. I mean, you wouldn't do that with kids, but. Sure. You would I mean, depending find... on your kid's age, you might wake them up for the two and, you know, they can mm -hmm. have the sparkling water or whatever it is that they particularly right. like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's so that's basically how we approach the wheel of the year. Do you want to talk a little bit about each of the holidays or how we? Oh, yeah. Well, I think instead of those? instead of going into each of them, because we we do that throughout the year. Well, pretty yeah, soon we, we have the February holiday coming up. We'll be talking about that. But I think what might be interesting to do is talk about how. So you and I are both established in our in our places pretty well. But if we were to move, our wheel, wheel of the year would probably change the way it looked. Because yes. if we were to suddenly go to another climate, then some of the things 
some of the themes are going to stay the same, but different things are happening in the different climate. So it, how would you approach, an, let's say you move to Miami, oh. right? Next week, you got the dream job offer and you decided that you were going to pick up everything and move to Miami. Wow. How would you start building your wheel of the year? Well, I think I would do it as we've talked before with a phonology journal. You know, I, I think I would have to start by doing a bunch of data collection about what's going on around me because, you know, the, the south of Florida, that's the subtropics mm -hmm. and it's laden with insects, none of which I would be familiar with, way, way more insects than I'm really interesting in, interested <laughs> in contending with, but... There they are. The insects are there. Oh, there's some pretty uh, amazing ones, though. There, there are. It's yeah. true. It's true. Some... Doesn't necessarily have to, have to be Miami, but I, you know, I was just picking something that seemed very different from where you are. I think that's right. a great example. Yeah. So you know, being aware of, uh, I mean, the sunrises and sunsets would be at radically different times there than they are where I am. I'm way farther north mm -hmm. than that. So the first thing would be gathering information about what's going on in the natural world and how those things cycle. And it might take me, you know, a year of gathering information before I started to make adjustments in my, in my holidays. I know that I know that for someone that I know who lives in Tampa, there is a moment in September-ish when the temperature finally becomes tolerable mm -hmm. because it's so humid and so hot in the summertime that you don't really do outdoor things very much mm. because it's just so hot and oppressive. And so the time to go and do outdoor things is not in the summertime as it is where I am now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's later on in the year simply because the conditions are, are different. Mm. Um, you know, when, when you get to the deep of winter and it's 70 degrees, <laughs> that's just a very different kind of condition to to set up so i don't know i would think that some of the things that i would probably end up celebrating might be i mean i might take on the carnival kind of celebrations you know like mardi gras and so forth in you know the early wet parts of the year are still at a time when you don't collapse from heat exhaustion mm -hmm. right so it just I don't know, but I would have to find out what it was like when I was there and then do my celebrations accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's a very similar approach that I would take, I think, is just the really observing. And it would probably take a, take some time because you don't know that what year is a typical year or not, what you're right. experiencing. I mean, you can communicate with people who have been there longer and read and do all of that. But I think that I would probably still recognize the the holidays as they came along but would know that each year i was building onto them right i might uh -huh. be thinking about the summer solstice more in terms of what's going on with earth's orbit and just kind of keeping an eye out and an ear out for what's happening in my new ecosystem mm -hmm. and then incorporating a little bit more each year Kind of like mm -hmm. 
like when you move to the new place, it would be like your first few years, are you getting to grow up in that spot? Even if you're an adult already, you, you know, your first few years, you're kind of figuring out life just as a human. You move somewhere, you have a few years to figure out life in that new place. Right. Yeah, that's that that's very similar to how I would approach it. I mean, I have a very mature cycle of celebrations now because I've been living in the same place for a long time and have been, you know, accumulating information and traditions around that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it would take a while if I moved somewhere else to for that that level of development to happen again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess where we're going with this for our listeners is first of all to feel a lot of freedom around how you celebrate. You know, you do not have to celebrate the February holiday as Imbolc, the time when we cast seeds out onto the snow. If you live in a place where there ain't no snow. Or here, don't and... put any seeds out. <laughs> where I live, do not put your seeds in the ground. They will die in the they beginning of February. They won't work. Yeah. <laughs> right. You do, don't yeah, plant until so... May. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, be aware of where you are and relate to that place. Initially, I think, well, okay, never mind. Let me, let me retract the beginning of that sentence. What paganism has come to mean for many mm -hmm. is about a deep relationship with nature. Right. I mean, the initial threads were things like Freemasonry and western ceremonial magic and and a whole bunch of stuff that may not have had anything to do with that but what modern paganism has come to mean for many of us both naturalistic paganism pagans and non-naturalistic pagans is a deep relationship with reality with with the natural world mm -hmm. and in order to have that Yes, we're, we're an earth-based. Yeah, path. that's what the earth-based part means, right? Right. Yeah. So given that, once again, as we've talked about so many times, you know, the, the, the greatest pagan skill is simply to pay attention, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be connected with what's going on around you. And it's a, it's a hard skill to cultivate because... In the routines of our life, we tend to just sort of skip over things, and we may not notice that that tree now has leaves growing on it. Mm -hmm. It's been bare for months, and but now suddenly it has some leaves leafing out on it. And when that happens, noticing that the buds were there before the leaves budded out, that's an important moment, and it tells you something about what's happening with the season that's coming. So feel latitude to adjust your wheel of the year, to reflect what you're seeing around you. Because ultimately, what we're celebrating is life, right? We're celebrating mm -hmm. what's real. So we don't, we don't have to have a symbolic celebration about some other climate somewhere else that somebody experienced a long time ago and wrote down. Yeah. That's uh, beautiful. But that doesn't, yes. that's not necessarily your experience. Right. right. Yeah. And we are, we are very accustomed in this culture because we're taught by the overculture to get our cult to get our 
our spiritual experiences prescribed by what's written down mm -hmm. in books, whether it's the Bible or the Talmud or, or, you know, somebody's, you know, big book of witchcraft or whatever it is. And what we're saying is you can get input from those kinds of things, but ultimately the, the script of, of the nature path that's around you is written in nature itself. Right. And that's where you can, that's where you can find the deep wisdom about what living in your place is about. Mm -hmm. Well, this was a good conversation. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. And and I hope that this, let me see, this podcast will post on the 16th and the following mm -hmm. Saturday is slog. <laughs> so if you find any appeal in the idea of suspending the dismal of winter wherever you are for a while and having a celebration, feel free to take advantage of that holiday and don't forget to wear a silly hat. Right. And if you have rainbow toe socks, those sound great too. I need some of those. That they're they're great. Really then you good. can still pick things up with your toes. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you all next week. So, all right. Thanks, everyone.